Play-By Podcast is hosted on the Abnormal Mapping Network, which you can find at abnormalmapping.com or support through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abnormalmapping. Cast-offs, discardeds, discharges, and deserters. People Terra Cassivander believed the Jovian Lunar Commonwealth had done a disservice, treating them like nothing more than more meat for the grinder. People the Commonwealth had abandoned, some more literally than others. Cassivander had been the leader of the Commonwealth's 5th Rifle Division before his desertion. The 5th were a decorated and accoladed unit, a feather in the Commonwealth's cap, until he and a close group of confidants had taken the bridge of the Division's flagship and burned hard for the asteroid fields. By the time every Loyalist on board had been dealt with, Jovian High Command had all but erased the 5th Rifles from the records. Every grand deed, every friend Terra had ever lost in pointless, fruitless conflict lost to history. To this day, the unit has not been reformed out of resentment for his disloyalty. Hadn't stopped the steady stream of Jovian deserters who found their way into his employ. As far as he was concerned, anyone smart enough to escape the orbit of the Commonwealth before they ended up dead was good enough for his fifth rifles. Welcome to Play by Podcast, an actual play podcast about storytelling through the medium of tabletop role-playing games. My name is Michael, and I'm the GM, and today I'm joined by Leon Barnes. Hello, I have a hot take for y'all. Uh, hit me. Megatron be dummy thick. We're gonna table that. Oh. <laughs> God. Well, 
Well, are you saying that he was manufactured with sexual intent? <laughs> he just is. He's a transformer, is what he is. <laughs> you sick yeah. bastards. He's a robot, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? Michael, listen, if, you mean to look, tell me if he was actually dummy thick, then Michael Bay would have enhanced that. Listen, listen, you mean to tell me there's not one person out there who wants to fuck a transformer? Oh uh, no. And I know several of them. I don't think so. There are a lot, exactly. Leon. Leon, we we know there one. There are many. There are many. We do hey, know. Hey, one. Leon. There are many. <laughs> and also, you ain't wrong. Um, also, Michael Bay would not have made him dummy thick because he couldn't turn that into a joke without it being sexual in a way that he was no homo uncomfortable. Max, with. he gave Devastator he robot gave nuts. The stupid evil robot balls, but that's because it's a joke. Thank you for admitting that the male form is disgusting. <laughs> There's nothing sexy about that. It's just stupid. Ball. It's like truck nuts. Balls. Come on. Well, really? I mean, balls on their own. <laughs> yeah, when when John Turturro's like, I'm right beneath an enemy scrotum or whatever. I'm like, this is <laughs> this is comedy. This is piece <laughs> so good. comedy. Thank you, Mr. Bay. <laughs> Yeah, if it can't be turned into bro comedy, he's not gonna like unabashedly have dummy thick Megatron. I guess if it's, it's well, also dummy happen. thick implies that there's some sort of um, flexibility involved or like skin to move. You know, it's not like rigid. I get, you know what I mean. Like when I think of an ass, I don't think of like a just big bit of metal. I disagree. I think it just means <laughs> I'm very fucking I'm, Christ. I'm, I'm absolutely fine to not be in that. That's because you're not a robot fucker. That you sounds idiot. Good. <laughs> I'm Liam. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I'm Max. And I do and I and I have and I harbor no sexual feelings Hang on, towards wait, no, you Hasbro guys, toys. Wait, no, there 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 is a robot that is dummy thick and I can prove it. I Big Hero Is it six. the robot from I Is it the robot from iRobot? No, it is one of the Gundams from Gundam Double Zero. Please, Michael. I still think the Big Hero Six one is I mean, just because in terms of body shape or whatever, that's one what, that makes Baymax? Sense. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> he's literally yes. a, a marshmallow. Baymax is in in, okay, in my fair. entire form, dummy thick. Welcome to the podcast. In the course of this time, we have managed to break Liam and find out which robot is actually dummy thick. Sarah V. I yeah. think you exposed yourself more exposed than anything. I did not get exposed for shit. Gundam Sarah V from Gundam Double Zero is dummy thick. Can you spell that for me? How do you, how do you spell that? S E R A V E E. That robot is oh. thick. Oh yeah, um, Jesus! People at home, Jesus Google Christ. Google this. That's a fu- you fucking. Well, I think if you Google it at home, you'll see what I see, and it, it is a uh, thick. It's a Gundam. It's <laughs> yeah, your homework, everybody. Just Google. Thank you for that insightful commentary, Liam. <laughs> Like, hey, hey, uh, hey, y'all, y'all out there, you like robots? You like little robots? Robot fuckers like have rights. I get the shit with thing. Venom because he has a long tongue or whatever, but this is simply too far. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm also joined by Liam Higgins. Hey, guys. Who has a very entrenched stance on robot fucking. I, well, honestly, I don't think it was entrenched. It was just like I had never thought about it before today, but it, the thought repels me. Anti-robot um, Not saying fucking. when I mentioned the Venom thing either, I was like, I do not feel that way about Venom, but I get where the... I even get it about the Dune Worm as well. Like, I kind of... 
I understand wait, wait, where that's Wait, 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 Hold wait, on. wait. Rewind that. Roll that the fuck back. Roll it back. Roll that no, the fuck no, back. Liam, I just want you. <laughs> there are people who want to fuck a sandworm? There are. Did you see people on Twitter like talking about that? It was the no. most insane shit I've ever seen in my life. I'm dead serious. Dude, I'm not dude, I'm not kidding. This isn't no. anything I endorse. I'm just I'm talking about a phenomenon I saw on Twitter. Yeah, Literally when well, because it's a vaguely because it's a vaguely like phallic imagery or whatever. It's not. There's and nothing you get about a that robot. That over it's a fucking humanoid robot. robots. <laughs> okay, I get that. But are we talking like they want to fuck it, or are we talking like vor? Whack. I don't know, dude. I did not investigate. <laughs> didn't it dig very deeply far, enough but the, into the. But I'm just talking about the. Um, I say I understand where the phenomenon comes from in the in the psyche because people are uh, desperately insane right now and very isolated and i can understand how they would get perverted into thinking that not that i not that i feel that way but i'm just saying like that makes a lot more as a purely like iconographic sexual thing that makes far more sense to me than people you know like wanting to fuck like lightning mcqueen or whatever you know i do think liam has a point because yesterday i saw a tweet where a guy admitted that he wanted to fuck the the principal from uh fairly odd parents and that was a weird tweet god that was so funny yeah i saw that what the fuck I did see that. The one from North Dakota? Yes. <laughs> God damn it, people. Hey, hey, and I'm also joined by Max Co. Max, is this the best intro we've ever done for this podcast or what? Whack. <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome to our new podcast, Pod Kink, where we talk about uh, weird things people want to <laughs> fuck and how. This is bar none <laughs> the best play-by-podcast intro we have ever done. <laughs> yeah. We're so... Sorry to any sex repulsed fans out there, but uh, Sarah B is in fact dummy thick. Robot fuckers have rights. Robot fuckers have rights. People who don't want to fuck have rights. It's my right to Robot put them in a padded cell and, and blast Enya right. until they scream to death. <laughs> <laughs> why would blasting Jesus, Enya why? be any kind of because psychological Because they enjoy it for torture. they'll enjoy it for a while, and then like by the eighth hour of her like going ah, they'll be like oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Like it's it's you don't you don't play the shit that they don't like because then they'll find a way to like it. I would just fall asleep. Of, you find you find something they like, and then you make them hate it, and you poison the memory. Return to innocence. Ten hour mix. <laughs> now you see what we do is we you take Dick Cheney, you put him in a shipping container that you bury in the Mojave Desert, and you slowly introduce LSD into his air supply. Christ, what is this operation? Whatever the fuck. Oh yeah, no this this is full MK Ultra. Okay, yeah. And then you start moving his furniture a half inch to the left every day. We just feed like Donald Rumsfeld a bunch of Jenkem or whatever, and just get him <laughs> absolutely sauced. And then and we give him truth serum. And he's like, I admit it. I want to fuck a Gundam. <laughs> like, got it. Dead to rights. No wonder you wanted to militarize everything. Anyway, what the fuck is this podcast again, Michael? <laughs> well, it's actually uh, about, yeah, technically Gundam stuff. It is technically about g- Gundam adjacent things, so this isn't... <laughs> Such as putting as drugging L- <laughs> Dick Cheney with LSD in a box in the desert. That's very Gundam. <laughs> I think it is, to me, that is the most Gundam thing. But to get back on track, to sort of recap what happened in the last episode, we investigated the remains of the grounds of the old house von Furstenberg, where we found out that the the, the space carrier that crashed into Otto's old home wasn't just by happenstance. This was an orchestrated and organized effort to make 
the death of Otto's family's patriarch looked like an accident. An oddly complicated plan that I, that was actually really simply done. You just replace a few key members of the staff. After that, there's no one to ask questions. And now you know how to commit a murder. We are teaching people things of great importance here. You know, you're a regular Viola Davis. What can I say? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm trying to teach our audience how to get away with uh, regicide. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't flow as good. Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll get it in rewrites. <laughs> and after uncovering this end of Torvald's plot to assume the throne of the von Furstenberg house, you as a group had decided to continue going along with the operation on Mars that he had orchestrated so that you could investigate the remains of Otto's brother's fleet. Uh, there's one small obstacle that we have to deal with, and that is uh, the entirety of the Jovian forces on Mars. True. Right. NBD, and a potential suicide mission to take over a jump station. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know. This is basically your D-Day. Well, that's terrifying to think about. <laughs> Let's hope it works out for us. This mission reads very much like a Normandy beach landing kind of deal. Huh. Cool, cool. And this is your history lesson today, kids. You know, on the the plus side, that mission was a success, so maybe you guys will work out just fine. We'll just try not to be horrible. (laughs) Try not to be the first people out of the big metal boat. Yeah, I was about to say, like... Yeah, it was a successful mission, except for the people who were the first to leave the boat. Yeah, put Cassavander's assholes up front. (laughs) (laughs) You guys will have plenty of time to talk strategy when you get to uh, the jump point that uh, Torvald's agents have set up for you and the rest of the members of this mission. Right. And I will say, the the trip to Mars isn't necessarily long enough that I would think this would deal with like a cramped quarters roll, because it's it's like maybe a few hours to get from Earth to Mars. It's basically like driving to a concert. <laughs> yeah. Or like across one state. This isn't a full-on road trip. This is just like a getting to where you're going kind of deal. Yeah, You're basically having like a day trip that is going to be even shorter than usual because you're getting uh, pulled out of the highway before you can get to your destination. We're stopping at Goats on the Roof, basically. Yeah. <laughs> goats on the <laughs> Roof. <laughs> That's a little... Regional. Uh, we're stopping at we're stopping at south of the border no oh god i was trying to avoid that (laughs) too late goats on the roof god supremacy go hang out with some alligators and fill up at the sunoco (laughs) that doesn't fucking work (laughs) (laughs) there's two gas stations there and i the only time i've been to south of the border neither of them worked so i had to drive somewhere else south of the border gas station review when liam how much do i have to pay you to do that (laughs) not enough Oh yeah, the gas station review of the south south of the border. Um, Please, well, God. honestly, I'm going. I'm thinking I might be in Savannah in December to help a friend shoot a film, so I might be. There you go. Driving through. I mean, I will drive right past south of the border. Just do so. like a four part south of the border special. Please. Oh God. Do that would actually. Because I've been kind of wondering like what to do with it, and like I just don't really know right now. But that would be good. I could definitely do that. That'd be fun. Just <laughs> film the alligators. Play mini golf. Yes, I've always wanted to. I've always wanted. The thing is, I've wanted to like play the mini golf course at South of the Border, God, but I've I always, I always have golf. too much shit in my car, like because I'm moving stuff. But like, if I'm going down to Savannah, like to just work on something, my car will be empty. So I could. That's finally could be the opportunity to do that. This is our gas so. station reviews plug. So <laughs> please go, go watch. follow Liam on Twitter. Thank you. <laughs> Was there anything in the few hours before you get 
to your destination that you wanted to handle? I, I think like so long as all the crew is down for this mission and is aware of what's going to happen, I think we're good. There is a certain amount of tension throughout the ship because Yeah, certainly. But this is a very this is a very dire kind of thing you guys are stepping into, so it would make sense that everyone would be a little on edge. Well, I mean, there's no going back either way, so understandable why everyone would be extremely tense. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a big deal. All right, so you, you wait out the few hours trip to Mars, which ends a little earlier than you normally remember. And with a very violent jolt. <laughs> Fun. This as... is fucking flashbacks to the our instance with the pirates. Right, yeah, yeah. Hey, callbacks. Similar deal, except we actually expected this to happen. <laughs> yeah, so no, nobody's being like tossed around and crashing into bulkheads unless they were no. very uncareful. And just like last time, I still hate this. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the feeling of being pulled out forcibly from, like, near light speed is not good on the body. No. It's not as bad as nope. the jump sickness that you guys got from doing that wild jump to Miranda, but does it feel great? I think along the, you know, journey, BD's trying to, like, you know, pre-conceptualize, like, strategies, even though, you know, <laughs> they don't know exactly what to expect. They only know what was in the briefing and they're just trying to trying to desperately think of something <laughs> running simulations through the uh the sci-fi equivalent of uh through the sci-fi equivalent of a uh, kobold fight club yeah <laughs> just trying to like design an encounter that you think would be appropriate <laughs> yeah basically but yeah you all reach the the rendezvous point and come back to a normal sort of speed and a normal normal sort of time dilation and you can see Mars distantly from where you are, still hundreds and hundreds of miles, but a distance that could be covered in a few minutes if you were still in the, in the, uh, the slip space lane. And there are three other ships there waiting for you. There's not like a central, like, they just put like a floating, there's just a boot inhibitor floating out there. There's not like a little mini station that we're all meeting on. There is. There's a there's a small sort of a hub. It's a, it's like imagine if they built like a single conference room. Yeah. Okay. And then uh outfitted it so that it could be you know, stable in space and have gravity of its own. Except it's a pretty big conference room because there's a shit ton of us. Yeah. And there's maybe a few like hangar modules on one side of it where if you wanted to like park an anchor there you could but yeah they, they basically set up like a, a very small a very like scant kind of uh preparation area yeah nothing that's gonna show up on radars basically yeah it, like honestly the three ships or the four now ships in the area would be more likely to ping something on radar than the building you guys are meeting in yeah well, let's let's go meet the gang Yup, yup. Well, be you're you're at the controls. You bring the vehement down to this little this meeting area, connect the the air seals, and you are able to leave the vehement and enter the mini station. What do you do? Uh, you know, survey the crowd, <laughs> see who's here. Okay, so as you're walking in, there are a few uh, a few people who look like von Furstenberg, sort of private security types. Hmm. 
they're wearing like the the brown and gold uniforms with the little uh, peregrine falcon like pin on the lapel. These are probably uh, Torvald's men here to like sort of run operations here, so that it's not just a bunch of rowdy mercenaries banging around in a tiny like tin room. You should just chuck them into space. <laughs> Come on, these are working people. They're not. They're not gentry. I just don't want them to catch wind of our plan. Hmm. I guess that is true. You can't really vouch for their loyalty or discretion. How brainwashed are you by gentry society on a scale of one to ten? <laughs> it's a very leading question. And other than the the few sort of von Furstenberg agents, you can make out the, the very obvious torn fatigues and uh, repurposed Jovian gear of... <gasps> Cassavander's fifth rifles. Cassavander's five assholes. Oh, I think there's there's more than five of them. It's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not as snappy to be like uh, the twenty of them and they're assholes. <laughs> but as you're all walking off of the vehement and onto the station and sort of c- coming across these Jovians, uh, Scarlet, what? One of them looks at you. And you can see in his eyes that he kind of recognizes you. Uh-oh. Wait, wh- wait, oh. Uh, Fucking, huh? One of the Jovians in Cassavander's group has a look of recognition on his face when he sees you. So we're, we're making eye contact? Do you? Yeah, you see him seeing you. <laughs> It's the scene from Always Sunny where Mac and Charlie lock eyes across the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so does uh, do you recognize him? That's the thing. You, you, he recognizes you, but you have never seen this guy in your life as far as you can tell. Cool. He's got like short blonde hair, a big sort of blue stripe tattoo across his face. Why are you staring, bruh? I don't say that in character, but that's definitely what... That's what the thoughts are going. Uh, this former Jovian, he breaks ranks with the rest of Cassavander's group and starts beelining right toward you, Oh, Scarlet. okay. Looks like this is happening. And before he breaks out into like a full sprint in your direction, he says, You! <laughs> Me. And he's running at you with closed fists. BB's what do you do? He's got an eye on this, but uh, it's curious to see what's going to happen. I'm... Not entirely sure what to do. Usually, Scarlet has a rough idea of how to handle situations like this, but it's been a it's been a hot minute, and it's been a lot has happened. So this and is kind of weird. I will say that was not a very friendly you. No. <laughs> yeah, that was a very obvious not friendly you. So I guess I'll just. I don't even think I should enter a stance. I just feel like I should keep my guard up somehow. Just like prepare for whatever this person's about to do to me. So so you want to let him hit you, but you want to brace for impact? Sure. Okay. uh, Roll me plus your armor for brace for impact. I roll a nine. A nine. Okay. Uh, On a seven to nine for brace for impact, uh, you suffer an injury of that severity when you would suffer harm. Neat. So I'm going to say this is going to be a minor injury. A black eye. Oh. <laughs> First minor injury of this arc for Scarlet. Uh-huh. Just put duffed. <laughs> <laughs> As he just sort of 
with a closed fist, just paint brushes you across the, the face from left to right, and you stagger back a little. Is he still coming at him? Yeah. Is he feel like he's about to rear in for another one? You can feel one of his legs like slide behind yours, and he puts his hand like sort of flat on your chest. It seems like he's about to try to like push you over and get you like on the ground. All right, nope, nope. I was about to, I was about to say that's enough of that. <laughs> I was gonna. That's enough of that. I, I, he's allowed one hit. <laughs> that was it. All right, so, so are you are you fighting back here? Yes. Okay, and BD, you want to help if you can, yeah. if you need to. All right, roll me a... Uh, launch assault? Yeah, roll me plus your physique for launch assault. Just fucking got here. What did I even do to this person? Who the hell is he, is the real question. The fuck is this guy? <laughs> uh, That's an eight. Okay, on a seven to nine, you win the engagement, but there is a consequence. I will choose one or more of them. <laughs> Uh, you suffer harm during the exchange. The exchange causes undesirable collateral damage. The battle shifts, changing threats or adding new ones. Uh, the targets actually suffer a lesser fate. I think I know what I'm going to choose. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, wow. I, ca- I can only imagine. So h- how are you fighting back? Are you are you turning this around on him and now he's the one on the ground? Yeah. All right. So you, you shift your weight and now you're the one with the leg behind the leg. You push him over and you are now the one sort of straddling on top of him getting ready to start raining in shots and then the rest of Cassavander's men start heading toward you oh for fuck's sake um Beatty steps in <laughs> Beatty steps in yeah just kind of pushes <laughs> Scarlet off of the dude and then pulls the dude up by his shirt and kind of shoves him at the rifles to be like this is it but this is done he started this. We're not going to fucking do this. It becomes sort of a very weird game of Red Rover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they all they all catch the guy. And he's still sort of looking at you. They grab him around the arms. Whatever quarrel your friend has with mine, perhaps we can be civilized about this and not start fighting. Hey, we were being civil. I'm not talking about I let him get the you. first hit. What's your problem? That fucker. I was spaced for three days. I was floating around the fucking freeholds for three goddamn days because of that piece of shit. You know, that does sound like something I probably would have done, but I don't remember doing it. You blew a goddamn hole in the side of the station. Oh, right. I did do that. Maybe you should have... uh considered not attacking innocent citizens of the freeholds if you didn't want any consequences to come upon your head. What they said. All's fair in war, right? I was just following orders, but I'm done with that now. Hey, I was following orders too. My orders were, hey, Scarlet, blow a hole in there. (laughs) Blow them out. So, worked out. And on top of it all, you stole my fucking anchor. Because I needed an anchor, and yours was open. You're because welcome. you blew me out of a fucking hole in the fucking station. You blew me and in the space. And you're welcome. Fuck you. Not on the first date. Last I checked, you're still alive. Yeah, thanks to a bunch of fucking freeholders. And you're welcome. The exact same freeholders you tried to kill? 
Do you not see where you're... You're not winning this argument, friend. It's not a fucking argument. This is a fight. BD, am I allowed to keep hitting him? I think I'm allowed to keep hitting him. Hold on. Is Cassavander here? Yes. He's kind of hanging in, hanging in the back of the group. He's, he's sort of just looking at you with just the biggest, like the, the smallest possible shit-eating grin that he's trying to hold in. Can I, can, I'm about to say, can I just yell out, Hey, Cassavander, can I call a parlay? And by parlay, I mean us two fight and I beat the ever-living shit out of this guy? Stop. We are here for a reason. Last I checked, we have a mission that we are all being paid for. Perhaps we can act like proper mercenaries and do our damned job instead of fighting amongst each other. Cassavander, are you going to rein your man in, or are we going to have to deal with him? I think Vice has had enough. (sighs) You spoke your piece, boy. Fall back in line. It's Versace! I was like, and you, you do see that the, the like the the worn tag on his v- very like distressed fatigues does read uh, Versace. Yeah. Oh my god. Vice this Versace is Vice Versace. <laughs> no need to apologize, right? This thing, these kind of things happen. You get a bunch of hotheads in a room together. Hey, it's no sweat. Besides. He chickened out like a little pussy. Oh, I don't know about that. He got a pretty good shot in there. Ha! <laughs> uh, he thinks he would have gotten another one. That's cute. Maybe after this is done, we'll see what we can do about setting up a little match between the two of you. Scarlet kind of just shakes in excitement. <laughs> I mean, I guess that is if we make it out of this. If we're all done here, perhaps we can get down to business. Oh, of course, of course. I just hope this doesn't affect our uh, combat effectiveness as a unit together. And he's still got that shit-eating grin on his face. It certainly won't affect ours, so hopefully you can act like professionals and do the same. Uh, My little artificial friend, I am a consummate professional. As you see, we arrived here before a lot of you, so at least we're not late. Now, you see, when you say that, that kind of makes it sound like you're not professional. You're going to be a dick the whole time. It just so happens we have the man of the hour in our party. I don't believe the party starts until we come here. Points to Otto, who's just been chilling, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the gentry brat. A little older than I would have expected. Jesus. What, they normally come out looking like weird plastic dolls? He rejected the gentry aesthetics. Certainly. Oh no, I can see that. It's very plain on his face. Man, Otto is not having a good day. If you're done insulting my friends, I would like to strategize. It was just an observation. <laughs> Otto just kind of ignores Cassavander, is just kind of done with him, and goes to sit down at, you know, whatever planning table we have. And look, pal, if you have a problem with me being a little abrasive, that's just my management style. It's worked for the rifles before... It'll keep working for us. Look, I don't have a problem with your men. Uh, just, just your little uh, bitch baby over there. Just him. Vice is new. Picked him up a few weeks back. Aw, like a little orphan. For all intents and purposes, he was orphaned by the fucking Commonwealth. 
We left him out there on the freeholds to die. Didn't even bother sending anyone to look for him. Got a, got a bit of a chip on his shoulder if you hadn't noticed. Thanks for that. Uh, I'm sure we can work it out later. I'm sure you can. Just so long as you stay alive to see to it. <laughs> uh, you don't know how resilient I am. I'm looking forward to seeing. That you will. That you will. We're having a round table in about 15 here. Expect you and your boys to be there. And you shall. Now, do us all a favor and mosey over so we can have a little quiet discussion. He's, he's sort of about faces, pivoting on one foot and just heads off. Still a very, very weirdly military bearing to him. Stupid fucking bootlickers. I mean, they're not technically in the Jovian military anymore. He's still a boot. I like to imagine that BD said that in character. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they did say that, there's going to be problems. No, no. BD <laughs> isn't as inflammatory as Scarlet is, certainly. They, they know when to you know, hold their metaphorical tongue. <laughs> Unlike Max. <laughs> well, yeah. So are the, are the bulls already here? I want to see the you bulls. Can, you can spot Hoyt and his crew. Yeah. I like them. I want to go say hi to them. Yeah. And also they're we like more them. reasonable and professional than Cassavander and his assholes are anyway. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll actually talk to me about strategy. <laughs> They are nice people. Yeah, they comparatively, yeah. And the look of recognition you get from the Iron Bulls is not as uh, combative or <laughs> malicious. Malicious, yes. It, they look like they're actually very happy to see the three of you and the rest of the vehement crew here. Yay! Well, well, well. Glad you could finally make it to the party. Last I checked, it's our party. We can arrive as fashionably late as we wish. Yeah, we were all waiting for you here. Glad to see you made it in all right. Glad to see there's some professional mercenaries on this crew. Yeah, I saw that little uh, dust up you had there with Cassander's boy. What's that all about? That going to be a problem? Hopefully not. Mm. You could say it's my fault, because it's, pro- it's, most- it's always my fault. Jovians like to hold grudges, unfortunately. Well, that one in particular definitely seems to. He's too fresh off the gentry boat, if you know what I mean. Oh, I see, I see. Had the harsh reality that the Jovians don't actually care for him come down on his head pretty hard and has decided to blame it on Scarlet. Mm. Disillusionment with the Jovian high command usually does lead to desertion, and that's how we got Cassivander in the first place. Unfortunately. Mm. (laughs) He's a fine hand, but terrible person. Not a fan of him as a human being, but as a mercenary, he works... Just fine. Let us hope so. I'm probably more ruthless than you're used to. That's what concerns me. Um, I hope he's not considering throwing us directly into the fire in order to keep him and his men alive. I'm not sure what sacrifices he's willing to make. Well, I mean, after that display, I'd be surprised if he doesn't try to jockey for that position. Now that you've made yourselves uh, willing targets. Oh, we are... Not nearly as willing as he may think. If he tries anything, he will swiftly regret it. I just hope he's interested in the money enough to actually take this plan seriously. And when it comes to what he's being paid for, Cassivander is all business, so there's nothing to worry about there, Beatty. Are you aware of the third crew that will be joining us? The Vanguard Arm do keep to themselves, generally. They'll be down in 15 for the round table, but they normally just stay on their ship. I'm familiar with them. Are they hotheads like the rifles, or 
are they more professional like you lot? The word precise comes to mind. They're very precise. They're very good. That's just what we need. Seasoned, well-led, well-supplied. As far as Queen Mab is concerned, probably the most successful mercenary outfit in the territory currently. Then maybe we will survive this. Let's keep hoping so. So what have you three been up to since we last saw you? I've uh, been reminiscing, my good lad. Saying we've been busy would be a massive understatement. Not with any uh, MAB contracts. I haven't seen your names anywhere. You guys working off the books now? You know that can be dangerous. If we were off the books, it was probably not a good idea to tell you, would it? (laughs) No, no, you're right. Bit of a paradox there, eh? We've been dealing with personal matters, so to speak. We did some stupid things. My house got uh, blown up. I saw that a few, yeah, a while ago. I saw that on the news. Quite a few people perished. There was a couple of Dechiricos that went the way of the flames as well. I'm not familiar. It's a good painter. Oh, paint. Um, are Cat and Monty and the rest of the gang there? Yeah, you see you see Cat, Monty, uh, Tobias, Dante, Elia, and Mason. The whole crew. Mm-hmm. Nice. Just give them a wave. Hopefully no one's injured. No, they all seem to have healed up fairly well, and they haven't uh, sustained anything beyond maybe a couple cuts and bruises since the last time you saw them. Nice. Monty's got like, one of those like big uh, head bandages on, but he seems uh, he seems fit as a fiddle other than that. Mm-hmm. I think BD's just going to find Ambrose and take a seat, start talking strategy. Just kind of as an aside sort of thing. I don't, it doesn't have to be a scene. And what are the other two of you doing? Uh, are you causing more trouble, Scarlet? No, no. To be fair, I wasn't going to cause trouble at all in the first place. Yeah. Trouble was caused to Scarlet. <laughs> I guess that yeah, is true. To be fair, I was just here, I was just here thinking about the mission and how I can't wait to get off of Mars again. But, you know, Shit happens. Yeah, Scarlet, that is an interesting that that's an interesting point. How do you feel? You can see Mars from where you are. How does that make you feel? Why do I have to keep going back? I'm picturing Michael, the the GM, in like a fucking Freudian armchair with a notepad and pen. Tell me about Mars. <laughs> Tell me about your home planet. Which character from Inside Out does looking at Mars make you feel like? <laughs> Lewis Black. <laughs> Is it Phyllis from The Office? Yeah. God, just Lewis Black. Uh, the mic- its a mixture of the red and purple one. I see. Oh, angry mm. and scared. Angry and fear. Not sad. Just why do I have to be here? I don't like being here. Why do I keep coming back? Yeah, Mars do suck. Your soul is weighed down by <laughs> Mars's gravity. Mars sucks balls. I don't want to be here anymore. You know that's probably a, like a bumper sticker for somebody's ship somewhere. <laughs> Mars sucks yep. balls. <laughs> yeah. And Otto, what are you doing? I'm searching for wine. <laughs> Any booze on this fucking station? I'm looking to get pissed up before we all go tits up, as it were. Otto, are, you are very lucky that uh, you are a Von Furstenberg and the people who are in charge of where the alcohol is kept are Von Furstenberg yeah. agents. Let me at it, you swines. Fucking <laughs> Beatty catches his arm and says, Please stay sober enough to understand this planning phase. I know my limit. And you are happy to pass it very often. I will 
Pull up short of the limit. <laughs> Let us hope so. A limit is a limit. I cannot go past the limit. If I go past a certain point, then that's just meant I got past your limit. Doesn't mean I'm past my limit. But I'll go before my limit. The the uh, the von Furstenberg agent you were speaking to, he sort of bows his head deeply. Uh, yes, my lord, right away. He <laughs> shuffles off to go find you uh, wine. <laughs> you haven't got to call me that, by the way. Just Otto is fine. Oh, he's already gone. <laughs> yep, he's sorry. just calling well, next out time, after him. Hey, next wait, wait, time, wait. you don't have to call me that. <laughs> And he's like, yes, sir, yes, sir. He's like, you don't have to call me that. Well, good news is uh, <laughs> Beatty probably has uh, some more of those uh, fucking sobering pills stored on the ship <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that uh, Donabella gave them. So mm-hmm. worst case scenario, <laughs> we can try and get him sober again. You just have to shove a, a vitamin down <laughs> Otto's throat, I guess. It's like force feeding a pet a pill. <laughs> I'll take the fucking vitamin. Doesn't matter. <laughs> you guys go about uh, your your business for a bit, and then one of the other airlock bay doors that hadn't previously been opened, the one that leads to a ship you haven't seen before, slides open, and out from it come the Vanguard Arm, who are all all very like sleekly uh, dressed. They've got like they're wearing like their jumpsuits. And like uh, long coats and shit. They're walking in slow motion and their hair is blowing behind them. And <laughs> there's some cool music playing in the background. Like these guys are your like quintessential uh, mecha anime pilots. Yeah. These these are the real protagonists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And when they sort of emerge from the airlock, the whole sort of area goes a little quiet. Mm-hmm. We all turn and look. Yeah, there's there's a, there's an amount of reverence for this group of people, and they they do seem to carry themselves as if they are you know very skilled, very professional, best of the best, kind of only working for the right price. No one's like slouching. They're all very like even like even in body language, they are. Like strikingly precise and almost kind of moving as if they were one like very well oiled machine. These are the fucking professionals. We're the fucking ragtag little asshole group. <laughs> then you have the jackasses. Then you have uh, the chill ones, and now you have the professionals. A couple They're- of ragtags. You get the sense they don't necessarily carry themselves as if they are better than anybody else in the room. They just are better than us. <laughs> like, Because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you're all killing people for money. Yeah. It's just they've been doing it for longer and more. <laughs> These are like the kind of people who don't necessarily have uh, social lives outside of work. They just work a lot. Not to say that we mm. do, but yeah. It's just these these these... These five uh, individuals, they just, they just seem as if their their life is their work, yeah. is the thing. There's only five of them. Damn. All it takes is five. <laughs> I'm going to need some names, Mikey. Uh, well, if you're fairly familiar with the Vanguard arm. I do like uh, a little wiki search on them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you go through the ma- the mercenary board archives. Yeah. Their, their leader's name is Dearest Prominence. Oh, yeah. Such a good name. And she's obviously like walking at the head of them. She has this like 
very long, strikingly like platinum-y blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Very, very Zex Marquis. I have to look these references up, sir. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll hot. And then the the other members of the Vanguard arm are Copper Birch. Like the metal and then the tree? Like the yeah, like the <laughs> metal and the tree. Uh, mahogany teakwood. <gasps> oh, I love that one. Uh, the wood, the wood. And then there, there are two of them who are walking fairly close together. Who they, they seem, they're they're a little younger than the rest of the vanguard arm. They're a little more jaw jacky. They do seem to be uh, goofing around with one another. Mm-hmm. But even that seems like weirdly almost automated. Yeah. And uh, they are Ranch Volvo and Caesar Ultima. I'm going to kick your ass, Michael. (laughs) These name drops have been waiting for literally like six months. Because I remember when we came up with them together. I don't. (laughs) Caesar Ultima. And Ranch Volvo. I hate you so much. You fucking monsters. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the Vanguard arm. All right. All right, you've got these cool ass names, and then you have fucking dressing car and dressing car. <laughs> hey, Caesar is a relatively about, normal name. I'm about to say you forgot about the long forgotten six member Balsamic Chevrolet. <laughs> I'm writing that down. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. <laughs> Thank you for that, Fuck. Leon. Christ. Bless your heart. Uh, Fuck I you. Uh, I want to get off the podcast. <laughs> let me off. Let me off. Stop the podcast. I want to get off. Uh, fucking Ranch Volvo and Caesar Ultima. Okay. As they're making their way on, uh, Prominence sort of stops in her tracks very briefly and Looks at the lot of you. Hmm. Hoyt told me some very good things about you. I look forward to working together. Beatty just nods. <laughs> Doesn't want to reveal the ragtaggedness of our group to these consummate professionals. Name's Scarlet. Hi, nice to meet you. Dearest prominence. Pleasure. All mine. And we all fall in love instantly. <laughs> And everyone clapped. <laughs> I was there. I was I was Copper Birch. And everyone everyone on the bus clapped. <laughs> and Copper does kind of peek out from uh, from behind uh, prominence. Yeah, I heard you did a pretty good uh, you did a pretty good solid there keeping Hoyt alive. Bruh. He's a good man and if he vouches for you, I don't suppose you can be all bad. At least you're not Cassavander. I'm glad we can agree there. You are certainly a unique bunch. That's a kind way of putting it. Copper, that could have been a little more delicately handled, don't you think, friend? I apologize. Copper likes to talk. I have experience with that, and just looks very blatantly at Scarlet. (laughs) And to describe Copper, he's a short, shorter, sort of very, like... Copper is very stocky, but he is much short. He's like, he's like five four, but he is built like a fucking tank. Hell yeah! 
And he's got hair that is like wilder than a tumbleweed. <laughs> and like this big sort of cross-shaped scar on his left cheek. Sweet. But to, to Copper's point, you are a very unique group of individuals. And we do owe you for keeping our friend out of harm's way. Could have been a very nasty situation when the Amanos launched on Mars. Eh, we try our best. Hmm. You're very modest. I appreciate that. The bulls are a good lot. It would have been a shame to lose them. I do quite agree with that. Now, I heard that we were to speak on strategizing with the group. Otherwise, I think we would have stayed aboard our ship. We wouldn't have made an appearance. Not really necessary to spend so much time when we could be training. Oh, oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I believe we're going to be doing that soon, actually. Uh, fair warning, one of their leaders is an asshole. <laughs> They're familiar with Cassavander. Yes, we're very familiar with, uh, with Terra and his friends. Okay, so yeah, you're aware, so uh, just uh, that. We've worked with Terra Cassavander and his group before. How'd that end up working out? Well, if you're anything like Hoyt describes you, your two groups are complete polar opposites. I kind of just lean over to BD. I think that was a compliment. I'm certainly going to take it as such. And and this whole time, uh, Mahogany has just sort of been staring at a lot of you. He's, He's like a very tall, lanky kind of man with this very strangely hollow sort of eyes and hair that's just a very dark shade of green but slicked back is he okay mr teakwood doesn't speak very often Hmm. had a uh, run-in with a very disreputable jovian lieutenant a few years ago left him a little tongue-tied oh hasn't affected his combat efficiency much you see mahogany kind of brush on that he rubs the back of his neck he seems a little bashful Mm -hmm. at that are we is are they referring to the fucking assholes responsible for the program on uh Miranda right now probably you you can't you can't tell you, you, there wasn't enough detail but some jovian cut this poor man's tongue out ah fun yeah that sucks it's a shame he can't express how he feels about that oh you should see his writing he's very very skilled at that now that's good. So, I guess we should be getting over that meeting soon, huh? Mm. Just wanted to greet the newcomers before we had our discussion. See if you were really up to the way Hoyt described. I can't say I'm disappointed. Thank you, sir. Ma'am. Well, you know, military. You can call ma'ams sirs if they're Ma'am, in charge. sir. Sirm. Leader. Leader. Uh, you don't need to do that. No one's called me sir since I left the RSU. Mikey, tell me about the fucking dressing children. Oh, about ranch and uh, ranch <laughs> and uh, children. <laughs> tell me about the dressing automobile brand children. The sauce cars. <laughs> the sauce boys. <laughs> Holy crap! Can that be their nickname? <laughs> that is the name of the ship. <laughs> Good. To describe them as Bishi does them no justice. Good. But they are very like Gundam Seed era, like protagonist uh, vibes from uh, Caesar and Ranch. Good. Oh, I love them. Just like a like uh, long coats with the sleeves cut off, with like a uh, rolled up sleeves on their uh, their jumpsuits, 
which are like half on. Oh, they're great. I love them. They're they're like the very they're very rebellious teens for a professional mil- military outfit. Good. There's a picture of the band Spandau Ballet. Oh, great band. Where they're all like wearing uh like trench coats and they have like bandanas. I'll see if I can pull it up, but that is the vibe you get from uh these two boys. Good. I'm gonna try to find it so I can see. Do they s- look like literal teenagers or are they like in their twenties? Probably like early twenties. Okay. So compared to everyone else, yes. <laughs> compared to everyone else here, yeah, they look very young. Actually they're prop they're probably about Scarlet's age. Scarlet's like twenty. Yeah. Some, yeah. Twenty. So twenty three, <laughs> twenty four. Fucking baby. I say as a, a literal like two year old. <laughs> I was to say, how old are you? Again? <laughs> Emotionally, I am thirty. I am thirty or forty years old, and I do not need this. Oh, but anyway, that's a very it's a very good image of the band Spandau Ballet. Oh, here we go. I found it. Oh hell yeah! This is the vibe. <laughs> that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, Fuck they're yeah. wearing like half capes and. Uh, Big scarves and Steve headbands. Steve Norman looks like a beach boy. Yeah. Good content. You know, wait, Steve Norman looks like, well, I was going to, he looks like Carlo Ancelotti, who's a soccer coach, but yeah, it doesn't. Like they are somewhere between Gary and Martin Kemp. Okay. Yeah, get that. The Gary yeah, Kemp, I get it. Kemp's like headband. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, like, like the, the. Fucking rock. The collar all the way popped up. Tony <laughs> Hadley is what, uh, is what mahogany looks like. <laughs> I feel like those are five guys that could look very bad, but they've all got their things like right on. They all look like a walking JoJo reference. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is kind of the bit. You gotta post that on on the Twitter now. It's so wild that <laughs> that uh, everybody in in uh, the Vanguard arm looks like the members of Spandau Ballet. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, yeah, now I have to post this in. <laughs> yeah, Steve Norman longer hair. Yeah. Oh my god! This is like if we cast this this podcast as like the eighties like uh, Dune movie version yes. of this podcast. Right. Wait a minute. So does that mean the whole time they were walking up, getting off the ship? Does that mean True was playing in the background? Certain. Actually, Gold was playing. <laughs> I can live with that too. <laughs> and it mysteriously fades out as they walk away from you. Yeah. Anyway, they're the best. They are the best of the best, according to uh, everyone. <laughs> People in the territory. And you can see uh, everyone is sort of conferring for the, the group discussion on the, the battle plan. And Otto. Yes. Did the von Furstenberg family have like a captain of the guard or like a master at arms? Uh, yes, we did. What was his name? <laughs> Thatchwick Baines. Fatwick? Thatchwick, oh, Thatchwick Baines. Thatchwick Baines is a good name. That that fucking yeah. slaps actually. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, well, Otto, guess who's here to sort of moderate the discussion? Thatchwick Baines. Otto von Furstenberg. Ah, oh, Thatchwick. My um, goodness, boy, look at you. Yes, I uh, see you're a warmonger still, aren't you? Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my enthusiasm like quickly fades. I'm like, ha. Ah. No sugarcoating that one, huh? Yep. Yeah, it's your job to kill people, Otto. When it is all an old dog knows, it is very difficult to teach it new things. Is that not how the saying goes? Yes, I also say, um, uh, what's another saying with dogs? Um, I'm dog tired of you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, no, I guess it's fine to see you. I, how did you take the news of what happened? 
Have you broken up about it at all? I'm honestly shocked you weren't in the blast yourself. <laughs> oh, your father's death it was a terrible, terrible tragedy. He was a great and wonderful man and a very strong leader for the house. Sure. Um, that's one way to put it, certainly. <laughs> um, I know you're... I'm not going to try to change your opinion of him. I suppose we shan't speak ill of the dead. <laughs> when has that ever stopped you, Otto? <laughs> yes, exactly. I am... Sp- I, I do enjoy doing that from time to time, so I can't really... Um... Lad, don't, don't go spreading this around, but I much would have preferred you on that throne than your uncle. Oh, really? Don't think he's right for the job. Don't think he's right for it at all. Is Baines gentry or common folk? He's he's gentry. Okay. At the very he, like, he may have started common, but then he had been raised to the the level he yeah. has at currently. He worked his way up. He worked for the right people and knew the right things to say. Sure. And maybe has a few medals to show for it. Yeah, the whole military stepladder way of things. He worked his way through the meat grinder. But it is it is good to see you here, lad. Good to see you undertaking this. This will be good for the house. I prefer not to think about it that way, but... And I'm, I'm sure better for the whole system if this war were wrapped up. There we go. That's more along the line. Let's think about it on that terms. How about that? Truly, your actions are selfless here, and I, I, I appreciate that. I really do, lad. I, it's good to see you. It's, um, uh, yes, quite. I understand if you don't necessarily feel the same way. No, I, I always rated you, mate, but it's just sort of your job. It's just not... It's not good, man. You know? It's not good. But you are always a fine chap. You're always nice to me. Recognize that I haven't always been nice to you, but then again, I always, uh... Never really enjoyed sugarcoating it, you know? I think we know where we stand. Nothing wrong with that. Wouldn't you say so? I would, I would. I'm to be... Your uncle's liaison in this matter, discussing the assault. Sure. Well, I understand why he chose you. You know, you're competent, for sure. Thank you for the vote of confidence, Otto. I will do my best to see that you and your people... Well, it's impossible for me to keep you out of harm's way, necessarily, but I will do my best to protect you. Sure, sure, sure. Now, the first order of business, and he pulls a small, thumb-sized, sleek, like, onyx obelisk out of his pocket. And Scarlet, you can immediately recognize it's just some sort of chip of some sort. Hmm. You, you've seen things like this uh, in the early days of learning like how to hack. This, this would probably be, be something that would contain some sort of worm or virus or mm-hmm. a subroutine program. I've been instructed to hand this over to a Scarlet. His eyes light up. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> dangerous thing. It's a very important piece of cracking technology that we need. Gimme, 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 gimme. Okay, hey, calm down. Calm down there, boy. <laughs> he, he puts it in your hand. That is for a very specific purpose. Go on. First order of business. The crew of the Vehement, the team led by Otto von Furstenberg, will be tasked with infiltrating the jump station once we've broken through their defense lines. And taking over the jump station's controls so that we may have full use of it in the operation and beyond. If we need to move it after we take it, this will be the way that we are able to do so. And it will wrench control away from Jovian forces on the ground. Is that understood, Mr. Scarlet? Scarlet just kind of nods excitedly because 
He's too focused on the chip in his hand. Is that understood, everyone? Yes. Otto's group will be inside once we've broken through the line. The Vanguard arm will lead the charge through the line. Unless you have any qualms with that, prominence. No, no. Continue, maestro. Look forward to hearing the rest of this little plot. The fifth rifles and the iron bulls will be charged with attaching retro rockets to the station, which will coincide with the program that Scarlet is to install on the station's mainframe. This will give us full control of the station's positioning. The rifles are to act as support unit in this covering the bulls as they install the retro rockets. Mr. Cassavander, trust there are no qualms with this. You want me to babysit Hoyt and his boys? Is that all you brought me out here for? <sighs> Can't say I've done less for more, so we're fine with it. And as to you, Mr. Hoyt, as long as we can get through the line, sounds up my alley. Any further questions? Anyone? No. Concerns? Comments. Do we have intel on the manpower within the jump station? We can foresee at least a platoon strength response inside the station. Although if we are able to soften up the target a little bit before we insert you, maybe less. The station itself is being guarded currently by a number of Jovian anchors of a make we are not familiar. Um, does he have any, like, images... Does he have a PowerPoint here? Yeah. The, the, you got a slideshow for And then he sort of like waves his arm up and a, <laughs> there are a number of images that sort of appear. Hologram. Very hologram like, yes. Yes. Love it. Um, Do I recognize these? Oh, it's like a field full of Sirius anchors. <laughs> uh, and they don't seem to have that glaring design flaw that they had earlier with the uh, the exposed uh, power supply on the back. They okay. just look kind of like a hunchback Can covered in armor. Can be connected with that many at the same time? There are, to your understanding, many individual Rigels. Oh, fuck. They all okay. just sort of come from and come back to the same singular Rigel. Beatty just says, shit, and, and kind of stands up <laughs> to like demonstrate here of like pointing at the the holograms and says these are nowhere near your typical anchors these are unfortunately of the newest line of experimentation from the jovian military Mm. each anchor has almost inhuman reflexes each is connected the pilot to an AI system known as the Rigel and allows for split-second reactions. They are faster, they are stronger, they are nothing to smirk at. We will need extremely heavy assaults specifically on these, at least to keep them distracted. The likelihood of destroying them is unknown. You've encountered these anchors before. I've encountered one of them, and even with its previously glaring design flaw it was not easy to take down hmm. you see that's what kind of going over his itinerary trying to figure out which one you are uh, well beachy we're going to need all the intel you have available on these anchors any reports from engagements with them anything you can tell us about them at all they previously had a design flaw uh Involving the connection of the Rigel unit and its pilot to the anchor. 
they seem to have phased that out, but there is still the possibility of a more disguised weakness. Um, BD basically kind of plugs into whatever system he's got there and shows the diagram of like their analysis of the first one to kind of show as in detail as possible. It's like that and all probably all the info you have on it from from Zade. Uh, they also look at Vice Versace and say, your friend here may also have some more intel on this sort of anchor. No, these are different now. The one back on Sharon was just a test unit. These are mass-produced by the look of them. Let us hope that in them being mass-produced, they are hopefully not as powerful as the previous one. Let us hope there are more design flaws that they have not yet seen. Hmm. I'm not sure. Can I do uh, like an assessment on, you know, the model of the newer ones that he's showing me? Roll me an assessment. Yes, you can. God, what dice am I going to use? All right, let's go for Incredible Hulk and hope for the best. And I'll say it's uh, 2d6. Plus expertise? Oh, yeah, let's go with expertise. All right, Mikey, we're back on my streak of rolling exclusively sevens. Hey, I can give you some interesting information that might be useful. So from what you can tell just from these uh, reconnaissance images and uh, short clips, the motion is almost seamless when they do move beyond just being propelled through space by rockets. It is even more so like Uncanny Valley, how like human but not human at the same time their emotion is. It's upsetting. Someone turned them up to 60 FPS. <laughs> so yeah, this is like a... <laughs> It's like uh, all the people on Twitter who are uh, in, or, like interpolating like animated scenes into 60 frames mm -hmm. and it just like smushes yeah, the betweens. That. It's upsetting. Yeah, it looks it it is strange to look at. It is like barring on incomprehensibility. Do we know how many they have? Uh just from the images you can see here, uh I'd say about 26, 27. Oh, I was hoping you were going to be like, yeah, like 6. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, Christ, we're fucked. Okay. Uh... I mean, you guys might not be, because you're not necessarily the tip of the spear. You're the center of the spear. No, I just mean as a group, we are fucked. Uh, um, how many uh, are in our party? And how many anchors do we have? Because we better have at least double what they have if we want to survive Let's this. count them up. There's the three of you, uh, Hoyt, Cat and Monty from the Iron Bulls. Terra, Alden, Mer Merlin, Minerva, and Vice from Cast Evander's Fifth. Really good names on the fifth assholes, unfortunately. And then uh, Prominence, Copper, Ranch, Caesar, and Mahogany on the Vanguard arm. So that's. We got like. You have 16. 16. Yeah, you're down by 10. <laughs> We're fucked. <laughs> oh, Christ. All right. All right. Um, here's another problem. I don't think uh, Bruno or uh, the fucking Katsusakura have rockets on them. Nope. Do you raise that uh, as, a, as, a, as a, an issue? Yes. <laughs> At Lord Torvald's expense, we are willing to install the proper retro rockets necessary to achieve... Space-bound flight to units who are currently inoperable in such situations. 
With the crew we have on staff, it would be the work of a few hours. I gotta go make a space phone call. <laughs> um, can I step out and make a space phone call? <laughs> sure. <laughs> you have to like sidle um, past a couple people. Yeah, just kind of like scooches out of the way. I wanna. Hey, I got. I I want to use my f- one phone call, and I would like to call uh, Zaid. I want to get as much intel as I physically can. Get right, straight from the horse's mouth. Yes. Don't call him a horse, you bastard. They're not a horse. It's just it's a figure <laughs> of speech. <laughs> I pull out my space cell phone and I give him a space phone. So what, are you, what info are you looking for from from them? Any info they have on the redesigns and about Rigel in general, Rigel. If there's like a way that like they the the way that they split it up is like hive mind style or like if it's individualized and if there's like a way that we can shut down Rigel so that the, the we can incapacitate the anchors. Right, so the way that Rigel works, it, it's kind of like cloud storage for your brain. Yeah. But the, the thing that that cloud lives on is a mech suit. And Rigel is kind of the, the midpoint between your brain and the mech suit. Mm-hmm. And so each Rigel, each instance of Rigel is it's a, is an individual, but they are all the same individual. Yes. Like it's like how you can have seventeen different computers, but they all have the same like program installed on them. You know. Sure, but like, is do you think there would be a way that like since they are connected in that way to like fuck with all of them? The only way to disrupt the lot of them would be if you could uh, disrupt the like the central hub of them back on Miranda. Road trip. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hang on. Don't launch the assault just yet. Let me call Virgo. Give me a second. <laughs> Hang on. I'm going to put you on a conference line with Virgo Bombay. <laughs> okay, cool. Fuck. All right. We're f- totally fucked, but okay. Is there any... Uh, Information about the redesign that could potentially lead to another design flaw? Nothing that they would have access to. They've been blocked by all Jovian channels because they are, uh, you know, a runaway. Well, I mean, like, in the time between them getting back to Miranda at the first time and us, like, breaking them out. I guess they were kind of in timeout Yeah, they, the time. they were in uh, <laughs> brain torture timeout. Yeah, fun. All right, cool. Love you, bye. Hang up. What? <laughs> Click. <laughs> Click. Not not a bad idea. Not a not a bad set of last words to ever say to somebody, yeah, but okay. Uh, we're fucked, but anyway, love you, bye. <laughs> you silver tongue devil. <laughs> I don't even have a tongue. Yeah, BD doesn't have a tongue, but I guess if it was, it would be silver. Yeah. So sure. Because the robot. Because robot. Yeah. Okay. I sidle back into the meeting just like. Well, fuck. Okay. I was hoping I would have more for you, but no. And we're going to smash through them and get onto that damn station. You understand me? Hoorah. This is the, the conversation has turned to as you had left. Thanks, coach. Fucking. This is now, yeah, this is now a pep rally. Christ. <laughs> BD just kind of like pulls Scarlet, Ambrose, and Otto aside and says like, I thought our situation was dire before, but it may be worse than I had previously thought. The likelihood of us surviving this is 
low, to say the least. I just hope you're all aware and prepared for that. This is why I don't like coming back to this planet. It's always something like that. It's either, it's either, hey, you're gonna die now, or, hey, you're probably gonna die leaving. It, Mars is just death. Everywhere's death. You haven't lived here. I've been here several times, actually. I've been, I, one thing I have done is traveled a great deal. But did you live here? Yes, but I'm probably going to die here, and so will you, so. <laughs> I, I see where you're coming from, though. It's, it is weird how the, um, you know, most people think that it's dirt on Mars, but it's actually, it's somewhere between the consistency of dirt and smoke. Sand and smoke, I should say. And so it's sort of very weird and ethereal, and nothing really makes sense. Nothing on Mars seems to make sense. But then, in a way, it makes perfect sense, because nothing makes sense. You know? Regardless, and this may sound cruel, I will be prioritizing each of your safety over the rest of them. There is... We are not leaving this place without several casualties, and I'm going to do my best to make sure it's not yours. Guess we'll do the same. Oh. I turn around to the group. I only have one question. Yes, Scarlet. Has everyone gone to the bathroom? Because now is the time. Thank you for listening to Play By Podcast. Uh, you can follow the show and keep up with any programming notes and little, little things like that on our Twitter account at Play By Podcast on Twitter. You can especially find uh, a really good picture of Spandau Ballet. That is Twitter. forthcoming. That w- that should be there by the time this episode comes up. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me at A Real Writer on Twitter. Leon, where can people find you, and what do you have to plug? You can find me on Twitter at Slapcats cat with a k and then a z at the end i don't really have much else to plug other than that i retweet funny stuff and that occasionally i put art on there Hell yeah art and max where can people find you 
Uh, they can find me on Twitter at underscore not my division underscore or letterboxed. I think I'm maximum overdrive on there or max overdrive. Still, still haven't used my letterbox account. Got to get on that now. Yeah, Michael, you got to do it, man. It's going to be my uh, mid quarantine slash post quarantine thing is uh, letterboxed. Yeah. The way to do it, if you want to like log every movie you've ever seen, go through and like. There's a way to sort movies by like how many yeah. people have watched them. The and popular so you just one do where that you just hit you run out like a thousand times or, or mm, like, mm. I yes, yeah. I've seen this. But, but like I want to use the platform f- for a, a purpose. I want to start doing like reviews, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I use it for that purpose. Mm. I love Larbox. I'm on there all the time. <laughs> I was going to say you can see my review of the movie They Look Like People, which everyone should go see. Put that one on the list. I, I have need to see so many movies. And yeah, you can use a you can use a watch list on yeah. Larbox mm. as well. So. And Liam, where can we find you? Yeah, so you can find me at Keep Calm Klingon, like the Star Trek people on uh, Twitter. I'm also that on Letterboxd, too. The true power move was going back to your old username. God bless. Yeah, it was. I was, well, because I was, I had the illusions of being a professional, and then like COVID happened, and then also like I, I couldn't give a fuck Liam, anymore. Liam, let, me, let so. me give you a quick parable. Uh, there, There's a lady who is a professional animator, and she put, uh, ethical cannibalism discourse on her twitter uh on main so i don't think you need to worry about what your username is if there are successful people in their industries who talk about ethical cannibalism yeah right well yeah exactly and it was it it wasn't even that i was just like i (laughs) i like star trek but i'm not really a big star trek fan so it was weird to have that on there anyway but i made that when i was (laughs) when i saw star trek into darkness and really liked it so (laughs) that's like it was my old xbox gamer tag so it's just sucks since then um and and playstation one too but yeah no and then on my twitter i kind of put um i do gas station review videos i do them very infrequently there's no they're very good thank you um and uh i post poetry on there and i do shit posts and stuff so just kind of just kind of a mess and then on letterbox i'm making lists and reviewing Checking stuff all the twice time, so. yes and i it's up to you the listener to judge whether I'm naughty or whether I'm nice. <laughs> uh, we also want to thank the Abnormal Mapping Network. Please give money to Abnormal Mapping. For a dollar a month, you can listen to their amazing yes, yes, yes. Gundam podcast, The Great Gundam Project. Just the price of a cup of coffee. Not even in a cup of coffee. Again, though, please do enjoy everything yes. that the Abnormal Mapping Network has to offer. Support Jackson and M in all their endeavors, but specifically this one. Support our... Sister show, Seasons of Year of Movies. Oh, fuck yes. Absolutely do. Support the Amory score. Support Novel Not New. Repertory screenings. They got podcasts for literally anything and everything. They got a James yeah. Bond podcast. Do you fuck have a yes. James Bond podcast? They, yes, they do. I need to be listening to that fucking podcast. There's, there's a Moby Dick podcast on this network. And if you're not listening to that, you're not alive. <laughs> this is fucking... Holy! I am going to bat for abnormal mapping. I will. Please, I will yes. swear if, like, up. We with have anybody. everything. If you have an interest, we have a, a podcast for you. <laughs> yeah. Do we have some recommendations? Oh yeah. I really need to listen to Never Say Podcast again. Yeah, like, dude. Christ. <laughs> and we also want to thank uh, Cody Ohea, who is our music boy. He is a lovely music boy, and he's made all the music for the podcast. Go, and we'll continue to going forward because he is just that dedicated and that good of a bro. Cody, we love Dang you. Cody is. We already got to hear uh, 
our next season or mini seasons theme. So hell it's yeah, be amazing. so excited about that. I need to talk to Liam about what his character is going to be for that, but that we can do that off pod. Mm-hmm. And I also want to thank Ariel Corrales, who designed our show's art and has been amazing at creating like pieces of merch for us. Mm-hmm. Show mom. Mm-hmm. Show mom. <laughs> Show mom. Merch, mm-hmm. uh, merch aficionado. Uh, and you can find more of Ariel's work at her Etsy shop, Rage You Damn Nerd, mm-hmm. which I would actually fully recommend, especially if you're like big into uh, anime, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. And lastly, we want to thank you again for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. 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 Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.